0: For Us, Chapter 32, Ride Home, Carrie On the road home, Carrie tried to piece together what had happened, while John slapped tears out of his eyes, giving jerky answers to his questions. I hate this, John said roughly. I hate that I'm leaving and he's still there with Nicky's fucking hands all over him, and I can't say that's my boyfriend, you asshole. Back the hell up. Carrie's stomach tightened, thinking of the man who had kissed Visser so possessively the first time they'd met. His ex was there, he asked. Yes. John could barely make the word. How's Visser getting home? Carrie asked. He said he'd call Cap. cab. Anxiety hummed in his ears and Carrie tapped his fingers on the steering wheel, biting the corner of his mouth. Maybe just text him and make sure he's good. John pulled out his phone, but his thumb stayed motionless over the screen. He took a breath, closing his eyes. We just thought about this. I don't want Kurt to feel like I don't trust him. I don't trust Nicky, Carrie said shortly. Just check. Get him to text when he's on the way. You can apologize later. John texted him. Twice. Three times. Visser didn't text back. His friend nearly face-planted on their welcome mat, tripping as he came up the steps while checking his phone. It was 25 minutes from their front door to the barns, and Carrie made the snap judgment that that was just too long to wait for some kind of response. Leaping up the stairs, three at a time, to his bedroom, he tore through his laundry pile to find the ridiculous turtleneck that Kurt had bought for him, pulling it on over his tattoos, the feature that made him most identifiable. He jammed an unmarked black ball cap over his hair and hurtled back down the stairs. John was pacing the kitchen, the kettle hissing on the stove. Where are you going? His friend's face and nose were puffy with crying, and he was hugging his arms against himself like he was cold. I'm going back for Visser, Carrie said shortly. I'm coming with you, John said, and Carrie whirled on him, his need to protect all the things that he loved so large and black it almost swallowed his head. Stay here, he growled. I need you to fucking be here safe when I get back. John settled back on his heels, his fists closing on his sweater. He lifted his chin. Text me when you find him, then. Hopefully it's nothing, just a busy night for cab drivers. But when John met his eyes, it was clear neither of them believed that. The barns were packed, but no distinctive white-blonde head of hair in the crowd. Carrie asked up and down the bar, until someone said the band had left for a more queer scene up the street. Stomach sinking, Carrie texted John. Anything from Visser. One word came back. No. Jesus Christ, Carrie said under his breath. Maybe years of living with alarm had made him oversensitive, but his instincts were screaming at him that if Kurt wasn't responding to the one person he loved most in the world, something was wrong. He took a breath, shutting his eyes for just a second to pray. For real, Jesus Christ knew where Visser was right now, and Carey needed all the help he could get to find him. He googled the bar name and hustled up the street on foot, the night blotted out by street lamps and a river of car headlights, music from every doorway and outdoor speaker competing for his ears. The cacophony only got louder when he stepped inside the strobing red and purple space, the club music beating on his ears. Under the UV lights, Visser's platinum head glowed at a a back table, tossing back a drink. Edging around the room, Carey sized up the situation. He recognized Visser's bandmates, and predictably a crowd of others had joined them, sprawling together around a table covered in drinks and dismembered pub food. Nicky was squeezed next to Visser, his arms slung over the back of the booth. Visser slumped sideways onto Nicky's chest, a goofy grin on his face as his hands pushed on the table like he was trying to keep it still. Carrie couldn't tell if he was having a good time or not, and he decided he didn't care. He was hauling John's boyfriend back home, and to hell with the consequences. Cracking his knuckles, rolling out his shoulders, he strode over to the table, shoving people aside. "'Fisser, what the hell?' he bellowed over the noise of the club. "'Fisser's glassy-eyed face swung towards him. The grin wiped blank. "'Carrie felt a surge of real anger, seeing him do this to himself again. "'This wasn't just John's boyfriend. Kurt was his friend, too.' "'He threw his hands around in his most dramatic impression of Kurt himself. "'I'm waiting up for your ass to come home and you're fucking around with your ex.' Visser's eyes widened in a split second of recognition before Carrie grabbed the front of his shirt and hauled him up and over the table, scattering and shattering glasses and bottles. There were yells of protest and everyone scrambled to get away like rats running from a dumpster fire. Visser caught hold of his wrist and forearm, like he'd shown him when they were sparring, and he held Carrie's eyes while he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it won't happen again, his voice cracking with panic. Damn straight it won't. Carrie dragged him to the back exit. He hammered the door open with his fist and they were out, the night air fresh on his face. He shoved viscer free, eyeing him sideways. The other man stumbled and just caught himself from spilling face first on the battered asphalt. He whirled and collided with Carrie, wrapping his arms around Carrie's bulk. Oh my God, Carrie Bear, so fucking glad to see you, so fucking glad. Relieved, Carrie patted his hair with one hand and then tried to peel Visser's arms off of him. Visser started laughing a little hysterically. Did you see their faces? You being my pretend boyfriend is my f- my favorite. The words stumbled and slurred. Visser swayed in a circle, his eyes too bright in the streetlight. We going home now? Because I need a ride. I poured a lot, of, a lot of alcohol down my throat. Nikki was buying. Clearly. Carrie said, exasperated. Yeah, you can sleep it off at home. He was mostly supporting Visser by the time they reached the truck and he had to pick him up and shove him into the passenger seat. He glanced over as he settled himself on the driver's side, worried. Visser was a little pale now, his face tight and his breathing shallow. You okay? Carrie said. You need to throw up before I start driving? No, Visser said faintly. He turned away, his head bent, his hands checking his body. He turned on the interior light, and Carrie startled. Where the hell did that blood come from? Visser flicked the light off and wrapped his arms around himself, wiping his fingers on his shirt. He hummed a small, worried sound. Maybe the clinic first, and then home? Anger was making Carrie's vision red around the edges, and the truck jerked away from the curb. Visser, what happened? Did he hurt you? Visser had his face turned to the window, and his breath fogged the glass a moment. I don't want to talk about that. His voice was unsteady. Just, um, will you bring me to the clinic and then home and bed and John, Johnny John? The last words trailed off in a whisper. Carrie tried to breathe through his anger. Address, he grated. Pulling his legs and arms into a ball, shivering against the door, Visser said, The one-on-109 where I always go, they take care of me. Carrie grabbed his flannel jacket from the back seat, tossing it at him. Why didn't you call a cab like you said? Visser fumbled the jacket on over his bare arms. Nikki took it. Nikki took my phone. Carrie pulled over abruptly, staring at him. There was a gaping silence while that dawned on them both. "'Is it locked?' Carrie said sharply. Visser swallowed, his eyes wide as he shook his head. "'Nicky knows all that. He gave me my—he gave me—' Carrie cut him off. "'You have pictures of John on there? You have his real name and your contacts?' Visser shrank against the door. "'Yes, I—' His voice broke, and he covered his head with his arms. "'Shit, John, I didn't—' He started to cry, and Carrie ripped the steering wheel around. "'Pull it together, Visser. I'm fucking getting it back.' It felt like time slowed, and Carrie was cold as ice now, calculating how long it would take him to break Nicky and get Visser's phone off of him, and how many cameras he would need to avoid to do it. He parked in a shadowed side street and left Visser in the truck with the heat blasting. Jerking the tailgate open, he rummaged for the box of gloves he kept there. For times he had to handle chemicals at his work site. He wished for his old hoodie, nondescript and concealing. Grimly, he gloved up and tugged the unmarked cap down low. Nicky had not moved from the booth in the back, surrounded by fans and hangers-on, the massive spilled drinks and broken glass from Carrie's first visit apparently whisked away. Carrie slapped both gloved hands on the table, looming over Nicky, whose eyes widened. "'You have my boyfriend's phone,' Carrie said, soft and flat. Nicky blustered, "'What is your problem, bitch? I don't!' Carrie pinned his wrist on the table and twisted his pinky finger back sharply, hearing the tiny snap of the bone breaking. Nicky gave a little scream, fighting to free his hand. Carrie leaned closer, showing his teeth. Reach in your pocket real slow and give me Kurt Vesser's phone, or you're not playing shows for a long, long time. Nicky wiggled and squealed, yanking out the phone and holding it out. Carrie engulfed it in his hand and got the hell out of the bar before anyone could pull themselves together enough to make a video and post it online or call the cops. Visser was still curled against the door, rocking with shakes when Carrie tore the driver's side door open and chucked the phone at him. The other man caught it, clasping it to his chest, his face lighting up like it was a fire. You got it back, he said through chattering teeth. He noted Carrie stripping the gloves off his hands and tossing them on the truck floor. You're all scary, Carrie, right now. The numb was wearing off already. It used to last for days. Carrie shot him a look as he pulled away from the curb. Depends who you are, he said dryly. All the way to the clinic, he was watching for police lights in his rear view, his stomach in knots. John. Carrie didn't text him for an hour and a half. John paced between the front room and the kitchen, watching first the back laneway and then the front street. The kettle boiled and he made tea and he forgot about it, cooling on the counter while he worried and paced. He wanted to believe they were just grabbing a beer without him, but his body was heavy with dread. Finally, he called Carrie. It rang a dozen times before Carrie's gruff voice finally picked up. "Yep. Where are you? John couldn't keep the edge out of his voice. Carrie took a breath. The band went bar-hopping, took Visser with them, took me a minute to find them. What? John tugged his hand through his hair. In the background, he could hear the faint hubbub of people, phones ringing and machinery beeping. Are you at the police station? I'm 40 minutes away, okay? Carrie said. He sounded frayed almost to tears. He's wrecked, John. Don't wait up. He's going to need to sleep this off. Carrie. When the nurse at the clinic called Visser's name, the other man grabbed Carrie's hand with freezing fingers, dragging him into the exam room with him. Don't leave, okay? Visser said. Don't, don't leave. You're my ride home. Just stay, okay, Carrie? He patted Carrie's chest like he was checking he would stay. I'm not going anywhere, Carrie rumbled quietly, putting his shoulders against the wall next to the door. The smell of antiseptic was familiar and it made his skin prickle. He turned quickly away when Visser dropped his pants and briefs, climbing onto the exam table. Visser pulled his bare, skinny legs under the flannel jacket, folding up improbably small as he waited on the crinkly paper covering, shivering. Carrie's fists closed in his pockets, and he swallowed, closing his eyes. If he hadn't already guessed, it was abruptly obvious what had happened at some point in the evening. He was furious with himself for leaving Visser behind, for not coming sooner, for not breaking every single finger in Nicky's fucking hands. Another nurse bustled in, glancing up from the chart in her hands. Kurt, honey, what are you doing here? She was looking at the other man with genuine concern. Visser opened his eyes, making a smile in his white face. Hi, Louise. Did you miss me? I missed your stories about your little doggos. Louise sighed, gloving up. Lie back. She lifted the edge of the flannel jacket to check the damage and then shot... Carrie, such a scathing look that he put his hands up, his voice fraying. Wasn't me. Oh, hey, Visser said, soft and slurred. This is my best friend, Care. I live at his house now with my boyfriend. He's so great, you would like him so much? Stirrups, Louise said, and Kurt put his bare feet in the metal stirrups at the end of the bed. Carrie realized the other man didn't have any shoes, and he couldn't remember him having shoes all night. Anger surged in waves threatening to carry him away and he bent his head trying to count his breaths in and out. Visser needed him to be here and stay calm. Louise was efficiently cleaning him up, one bloody wipe after another dropping into the pan. Honey, your boyfriend should have used loop with you tonight. You have a tear here that's going to take a while to heal. You tell him he can't just brush ahead. He has to take his time to take care of you, okay? It doesn't look good down here. Visser nodded, his blue eyes wide and worried in his pale face. My boyfriend never did that, he said softly. It wasn't. He swallowed, his face crumpling. I just wanted to go home. She gave him a knowing look. You want me to call someone? You need to report something that happened tonight? Visser shook his head from side to side, wiping his nose on his hand. Who's going to listen to me? He blew out his lips, counting on his fingers. I'm a drunk slutty, queer, and who's gonna listen, Louise? I'm gonna be fine. You're fixing me up, the woman sighed, looking tired. Okay, sweetheart, I put some numbing gel on, but you're going to feel a little sting and pinch. This needs a few stitches. You hold still and I'll be quick as I can. Ready? Kurt put his fists against his eyes, taking a big breath. Tell me about your doggos. What's their names again? It was one more stop to pick up a prescription for antibiotics before they were finally heading home. Visser was still shivering a little. Carrie's too big, quilted jacket pulled up to cover his mouth, right up to his nose, just his eyes showing glassy and dark. We're not telling John, yeah? His voice was muffled. This was... this was my own fault. Carrie's fists tightened on the wheel. It was not, he said roughly. Did he fucking ask you what you wanted? Did you consent? I don't... know. Kurt shrank a little smaller. Nicky wanted, he... he thought we, and I, and I didn't. Swearing, Carrie rubbed his face. Just stop. No fucking part of Nicky's behavior is your fault. You're too drunk to hear me, but that's just true. Kurt leaned his head against the window. Wish I was, he said tiredly. It was a quiet, a long time. Please don't tell John, he said low. I can't lose him. You're not going to lose him, Carrie muttered. Visser turned his face, his eyes pleading with Carrie. Finally, Carrie jerked his head in a nod, drawing an X silently on his chest. It didn't come off. John. John waited up, leaning against the window to watch the street from the darkened living room. Stomach churning with anger and worry, he tried to focus on each breath, his bare feet dug into the floorboards, his fingertips pressing into his arms. He eased his neck from side to side, eyes catching on every vehicle that flashed its headlights around their corner. Finally, the familiar roar of Kerry's truck materialized out of the hush of traffic, and a minute later it pulled up beside the curb. Closing his fists, shifting his weight from foot to foot, John watched his boyfriend half fall out of the cab, trip over the edge of the lawn, and start to crawl towards the steps. He could hear Kurt laughing, even through the thick pane of glass. Jogging, Carry caught up to him, pulling him to his feet to support him up the steps. The front door opened and a blast of cold air made John shiver. Home, Kurt said brightly. He tipped against the wall of the entryway with his arms spread like he was hugging it. I missed you. His drawl was jumble and slurred. For fuck's sake, Kerry muttered. Quiet down, Visser. You'll wake John up. John flicked the hall light on and both men flinched. Kurt peered at him under the shade he made with his hands. His boyfriend was enveloped in Kerry's massive flannel jacket, but his feet were bare. For some reason, John fixated on that detail. Where the hell are your shoes, sir He said softly. Kurt started to giggle. Oh shit, Kurt's in trouble. That's my boyfriend's angry face. He covered his face, one blue eye peeking out through his fingers as he swayed. Oh, yep, he's mad. John, Johnny John is mad at me. John lifted his chin, turning his pointed look to Carrie, who ducked his head. I don't know. He didn't have them on when I found him. His friend was looking anywhere but his face, and John wanted to lose his shit right there, but there was really no one to be mad at except himself. Kurt abruptly sagged against the wall, drooping towards the floor. "'Can I be in trouble tomorrow?' he mumbled plaintively. "'I just want bed and blankets and bed.' John caught him before he fell on his butt, pulling his arm across his shoulder and steadying him around his waist. "'Let's go.' "'You got him?' Carrie asked. John shot him a look. "'He's half your size,' he said shortly. I've done this before. Maybe I should, Carrie said. Back the fuck off, John snapped. Now that he had his arms around Kurt's trembling body, he wasn't letting him go for anything. I said I got him. I never should have left him in the first place. His boyfriend hummed to himself as he tripped up the stairs, leaning heavily on John. The heavy, sweet smell of alcohol was overwhelming in the small space. John rapidly judged that Kurt was too far gone to get him in and out of the shower, so he just kicked open the door to Kurt's room and maneuvered him aside. He tugged at the cuffs of the flannel jacket. Come on, let's get you out of your things. Kurt abruptly pulled away from him, falling sideways on the bed. No, 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 Douglas said no, say no. You can't sleep with the jacket on, John said exasperated, but Visser was crawling over the bed and burrowing into the covers. Don't want to, no, say no. The soles of his feet were black as asphalt. John had worked with enough children to know a lost cause when he saw one. Okay, fine. "'Sleep with your clothes. No offense, but I'm sleeping in my own bed tonight. You stink, Fisser.' There was a shaky intake of breath from the lump under the covers, and Kurt said faintly, "'Can you just make it stop turning round and round?' John grabbed the wastebasket, just in time for his boyfriend to lean over the edge of the bed and noisily empty his stomach. Pressing his lips closed on the smell, John pushed Kurt's hair out of his face as the other man heaved and spat. "'All done,' he said. Mm "'Mm-hmm,' Kurt sank back on the pillow, green-white, his eyes squeezed shut. "'Never drinking again. Never, never.' "'I'll be sure to remind you you said so,' John muttered, as he carried the wastebasket into the bathroom to deal with later. He washed his hands, wishing he could wash the smell out of his mouth as well, and returned with a cup of water and a damp cloth. Propping Kurt's head up, he got as much of the water into his half-conscious boyfriend as he could and then wiped his face and hands. When he was done, Kurt was snoring softly sighing john went to finish cleaning up his mess in the washroom he checked on kurt once more before turning in himself the jacket was tangled around kurt's body and john climbed onto the bed to take it off now that kurt was too deeply asleep to protest pulling on top of the covers he unsnapped the garment and pulled it off kurt's arms a smudge of makeup or a blotchy shadow puzzled him on kurt's bicep and he rubbed it with his thumb flicking on the bedside lamp john tipped the light over kurt's body. Kurt's eyes flinched, but he didn't move, his chest rising and falling slowly under his sequined shirt. Five unmistakable fingerprints were pressed purple into Kurt's bare arm. John barely breathed, putting his own fingers feather-light into the marks. Bigger hands than his. Rapidly, he checked Kurt's other arm, his hands and knuckles, finding similar bruises on his boyfriend's wrist. He lifted Kurt's shirt, stroking his hand over the unmarked skin on his ribs, Not a beating or a fight, his knuckles and fingernails were unmarked. Biting the corner of his mouth, John gazed in his face like Kurt might wake up and answer his questions. His eyes caught on another bruise resolving out of shadow, ugly and mottled in the corner of Kurt's neck and shoulder. He made a tight, dry noise leaning over him, touching the heat of that skin light as a feather, running a thumb over the faint shadowy marks on his boyfriend's throat. Sick and voiceless, he slid his arms around Kurt's shoulders, gathering his body close. This has been Chapter 32 of For Us by Rachel Runnels, All Rights Reserved. Be well, lovelies. You are loved. Have a good sleep.